are we ready? I just have We're a bunch, I just have a bunch of always sunny quotes in my head right, right. now. As ready no. as we'll ever be. <laughs> um Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I just stare at him until You still haven't he... got a new a new stand for that, huh? Huh? Still haven't got a new stand for that, huh? I got plenty of stands. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> plenty of tripods i have like five of them oh i thought we were going with the like gen z version of what a stan is oh i don't know what that means well stan and stand are see i work with a lot of like children so i I work with a lot of gen z so i i thought you were making a joke about all of doug's stands what is that all the people that stand doug it's like fans kind of (laughs) this is what's wrong with the younger generation (laughs) Doug's fans are called That's stands. not what this podcast is about. Doug's stands are his fans. Yes. They stand up when he... I can't go on any farther. No. Is this when I rap? Now. No, I haven't even like cued us in yet. No. All right. Oh. <laughs> well, go ahead. Welcome to Casting Light. This is a podcast brought to you by Guiding Light. I'm Debbie. I'm here with Daniel. And we've got Mike Ryan here with us today. Hello. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you oh, do here? <laughs> uh, I'm a life coach, uh, case manager here at Guiding Light. Um, I'm actually alumni. I um, I came to Guiding Light February at, at the end of February 2021. Um, I currently live at Iron House. Um, I've I've uh, worked with you before. I've worked with Daniel, or I should say I'm currently working with Daniel. Um, We're in a committed relationship. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) He's like, mark this, cut it out. (laughs) Uh, No, you're coworkers. That's what you're saying. Got it. Yeah, well, in my head, I'm thinking, um, I was thinking... You've coached me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a coach. Dan's a coach. We work together. Uh, so there's some unique relationships, and I'm very confused. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. You went, you went through the program here. Yeah, that's true. Did you say that? Yes, I think. Oh. He but said he was all... an alumni. Which, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I did go through the program. Can you – no, but honestly, though, can you, can you just hit on the point of you went through the program when it was – covid was was going on and it's changed a little so you had it like locked down so like could you could you speak on that part because i still give you a lot of credit for even like hanging through in that entire time well thank you (laughs) um yeah so so covid was you know obviously covid was happening um I didn't know anything different, to be honest. Um, I, I didn't have any experience with AA. I, this hmm. was my first rehab. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was, uh, I could get stir crazy. We could all get stir crazy. Um, but I think, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day. Um, but I wouldn't trade the experience that I had at the time with, you know, what, what the, the guys currently are going through, um, you know, and when I say that, I mean they just have some more freedoms that we didn't have. Um, yeah. A, a big night out in the town for us was to go to Iron House and go to a AA meeting. In person instead of Zoom. In person, Ooh. yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I think, like, when I look back at some of those old my AA slips, um, there were, like, 13 
Zoom meetings in a week. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's kind of wild how much things have changed. Like I'm I'm just starting to come back in person and, and work with some of the guys in person. Yes, Daniel. <laughs> I hear you. Um, but it was kind of weird. Like it's it's a totally different dynamic when you like don't know how tall people are at all because you're only ever seeing them sitting down on a screen. And then like the first time I met some of my like guys I'd been working with for months, like you, the very first time that I met you in person, I was like, oh, you're really tall. <laughs> I don't know why it just doesn't like compute necessarily if you're just on a computer. But what, so what was it like to kind of see that transition? So you went through the program when it was very locked down and very video call and now you're getting to see it from the other side as staff and see it totally different what's that been like for you well first of all i remember meeting you in person the first time and thinking kind of the same thing like boy she's taller than what i remember on the screen she's taller yeah <laughs> than what i remember from the screen well, right like i'm not that not tall we just call that short but <laughs> yeah so maybe i thought you were well short. i'm like five six that's not see yeah now you're thinking that, about it anyway that, that back to you mike <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess the the first thing that that comes to mind is uh working here and so that has been uh an adjustment for me watching the men um get passes where they can you know the, yeah. the way the passes work and i'm kind of like man i'm like kind of uncomfortable with that uh you know that wasn't the way it was for me um and th yeah. you know and then I start to you know start to think about that you know the way the way it was for me is the best way but you know obviously um that's an adjustment that I need to make <laughs> not the rest you, you literally didn't know any better or differently though right yeah going to meetings like it was all just zoom stuff correct right? yes all, well and there was nowhere zoom. to go like to get a pass would have been meaningless because nothing was open. There was nowhere to be like, did you, did you go? I'm <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sure there's a lot of questions. <laughs> did, did you go to meetings before you came here? Like, did you have experience with 12 step meetings at all? 2005, when I got my second DUI, I was court ordered to go to AA and, uh, yeah, I went, um, I don't even remember it. Did you forge your slips? Okay. I, this is well, a safe no, space. I mean, right. 100% uh, transparency or as much as I can be. Uh, um, I don't think that I did. I think like what I would call a successful AA meeting at the time was if they would like sign my slip early and I could yeah. leave. Oh. Ah, dip out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I never, um, I've never smoked cigarettes and the smell kills me. And so I remember I would go to, to, the, to AA and um, they're just... <laughs> Way to way to draw your line cigarettes. in the sand. <laughs> and oh, they, yeah, gotcha. right. <laughs> cigarettes um, and uh, coffee and cigarettes, right? And I would I would get home and I would air my clothes. I'd let my clothes hang, mm. uh, yeah. and and uh, get back to normal. So I didn't have any experience in AA. Um, and like I said, that was, uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely no rehabs. Um, you I never was, went to rehab before. Never. That always didn't blows go my to mind. rehab. Yeah. I was gonna say that is a really interesting like kind of rare like I, I feel like a lot of the people who come through guiding light and we kind of talked about this in the first episode like a lot of people do and I'm not going to say pamphlet <laughs> uh, 
um, a lot of people do end up going to other places first um, or at least once or twice, right? Like there's been some sort of attempt to go through a program. Um, So you had never been through any type of program before coming here. Correct. Um, I think, you know, when I, I don't think about it that often, but when I do think about it, um, at a, I think at a pretty early age, I had just kind of like, you know, um, accepted the fact that, you know, I watched my, my dad was an alcoholic. My brother Mm -hmm. was, is an alcoholic. Um, and I was going to be, or I am, you know, an alcoholic addict, you know, whatever you want to call it. But so I just, uh, I figured that was, that was the way life was going to be. Uh, for quite some time yeah well and I mean in psychology there is this kind of when you set an expectation for someone and we talk about it a lot as clinicians that you have to be really careful with labeling your clients or working with the labels that they come to you with label theory I learned that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be careful because once you label someone or, or once somebody feels labeled, they kind of fall into line with that. So you think about it, it shows up a lot in schools with children when you have the quote unquote bad kid. And then once they're expected to behave that way, it's kind of like, well, you're going to call me that anyway. So like, that's just what it is. And that's kind of what you're describing a little bit. It's like, this is just the generational trauma that happens like this is just yeah yep the reality I, I agree and so what's interesting for me is I can you know look at that in two ways I look at that you know for myself my own experience mm-hmm. and then like even today when we were at a a, a a Devo and I'm listening to this a gentleman you know tell his story and I'm mindful when I ask questions not to you know uh or actually ask him questions around that. Like, how much did that label affect you to this yeah. day, you know, 20 years ago or whatever that is, right? So yeah. I agree that, that, that that's a big gonna part. going to stop you right there. What's a Devo? I was going to say, yeah, we should probably explain a Devo for... We all get it, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Some I, real, I, thought, I thought about this. This is some real inside baseball, but can you explain what that is? <laughs> inside baseball. Just the quick and dirty version of what a Devo is. Absolutely. Uh Someone will, uh, a client will get up and share their story, um, basically, you know, from uh, early childhood, um, probably as far back as they can remember, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. how they walked into the doors of Guiding Light. I think it's short mm-hmm. for devotion. Yeah. And I it tracks. It, I don't think it is. It, it actually is. Is it really? <laughs> is it a, yeah. I, I, all right. I don't, I'm so, learning and something I new. I didn't know so that then, either. So, so af, after that, it usually lasts about 30 minutes that, that, that uh, a gentleman has an opportunity to share their story, and then the community and staff has an opportunity to ask them questions. Um, it, we usually go on this whole premise of it's a safe space, but there's no fixing, no advising, no correcting, and no saving. So me... Mike and Dan, uh, we all went through the Guiding Light program. So we, at one point or another, all had to do one. And um, sometimes they can be brutal. Uh, mine was never bad. I had two of them. I cried. Were yours bad? I, I actually only got away with doing one okay. somehow. And I, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was uh, – I think that was, that was the first opportunity, and I think it's a cool practice in general just because mm-hmm. – it's a very rare opportunity, I think, to put somebody in a room in front of their peers, which probably these are peers that they really don't know that well, yeah. and really give them an opportunity of like, are you going to really tell us what's going on? And 
everybody in the rooms, uh, more than likely, I very rarely will. I don't think we've ever had somebody not be in the program. You've never been to a Devo, have you? No, I have not. Really? Yeah. 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 I've never seen a Devo. And I think that that's something that's pretty intentional. Yeah. Um, I've seen presentations, which that's are a right. similar thing, but separate. Um, it's not about their own story, the presentations they're given a focus point to work on, um, which we can talk about what a focus point well, is. Well, you say time. you say intentional. Do you mean um, you don't want to know a client that you may or may not be working with in the future, their backstory too much? Also that, but I do think like the staff in the program are pretty intentional about keeping that Devo really safe it's also and safe. intimate. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're only talking to people who you are in this with. It, yeah. It's kind of like a, it, it's a moment for you. Every single person in that room either has done it or will do it. Um, and I think that's one reason that like, I've never had to do it. Um, I'm not an alumni of the program. I, I would, mean, I, I would, could, I would but love to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That might be a vulnerability I'm not ready to step into. I'm not going to lie. There you I've, go. I have seen Where's a lot of like, I, oh, stop. <laughs> um, I have seen, so it's, they used to do it and they're starting to do it again where they'll do the like kind of graduation videos where, because they, yes, Daniel, mm -hmm. you're doing a great job with that, by the Am way. I, I love Thank seeing you. them come back um, because no it is such my, a. No one got my joke on the last one. <laughs> What was your I did. On the last one? I did. I did a Rick roll at the yeah. end. Of you did, and I oh, ignored wait, it. I didn't on get nobody laughed <laughs> because I, it, I was in pain. Um, Rick roll. We'll talk about that okay. later. We don't need to get into that I right thought now. I had it, but I was going to give you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, my God. Of course, Rick, Rick roll people on right? the yeah. podcast. Anyways, anyway. Devos. So, I think it's one of those really cool moments because I have seen the the graduation videos and they will tape the devos so then the the guys can kind of watch it back after they've done it and the graduation videos kind of take like little snippets of their mm. devo so i've seen pieces of them but i've never attended one and i do think that that's a pretty cool moment for the guys in the program where it is something that is very specific to them yeah i agree and i also think um there's there's quite a, like a bonding experience from it. I mean, there's for a, sure. Yeah, right. It's it's huge. Um, the community is is such a big part of what we do. The the guiding light community. Yeah. Um, it, so like a, a Devo definitely helps build the community. Um, it's probably the most important part. Those Devo, those Devos, the community. The oh, community. right. Yeah, yeah. I, the yeah. I, I, it's definitely one of those first. The Devo is one of the first moments where you really get to see the community come together to challenge somebody to do better yes to challenge somebody right like and then everybody kind of like and somehow get closer yeah being challenged yeah yeah it is a i don't know it's it is a very unique and again like you're, you're in a room full of people that have probably done what you've done in some way like everyone mm -hmm. can sniff out bs to begin with mm -hmm. yeah um and it's 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 you can i mean we've seen enough of them at this point where it's like you can see when somebody really is like i'm just gonna put this all out out there and then you can see other people you're like well that was a waste of my 30 minutes um nice it, show but you know what honestly at, at some point that person a might not be ready they might not have they might not really have bought into to doing things differently which i think that's kind of the bigger point here of mm -hmm. like my big thing is 
yeah, staying clean and sober, like that's kind of like the foundation, like that's cool and everything. It's also a requirement to be in the program and also like to be in this life of recovery that I have, but also like, do I want to live my life differently? Yeah. Well, in, in since we had a Devo today and it makes me think about that, you know, when, when somebody will ask me, was that a good Devo? Was that a bad Devo? And uh, so what makes a good Devo? To me, somebody like the one we had today where the the guy was honest, he was open, and something beautiful kind of happened where this guy, you know, kind of without, you know, any reservations told his story. And some, you know, patterns, probably some unhealthy patterns, we'll call them, uh, were pretty obvious and he didn't even notice it, but we could, right? And yeah. it was like, wow, right there, I can see where, you know, some some beginning, you know, the beginning of, you know, making some changes. So yeah. that's really cool to me. How was your Devo? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I did one. Um, I did think you cry? I, I cried at the end, yes. yeah, when I talked about my mom. And uh, I didn't get hammered. So I was lucky. I, and, I, and I think about that, too. Um, hammered by Brian and, and Seth at the time. Um, I think because I, you know, kind of laid it all out there. Um, I didn't know enough to be ashamed or, you know, not really. I guess ashamed is the wrong word, but it's kind of like um, I was still pretty, pretty close to living that life. And, you know, really, uh, I guess there wasn't much shame in my game when, you know, uh, that behavior is not the, you know, behavior I would, of course, carry on with today. So uh, I probably said uh, that was a very poor description of <laughs> I'm embarrassed now of the way I behaved, but didn't know enough at I, the time. <laughs> I have a question, though, just so I've I've heard a few different people that I've worked with and just in the recovery, like circling general of this idea of like, like, oh, no, I'm a totally different person when I'm not using or I'm not drinking. Like, no, no, no. I'm only, I only am a bad person when I drink or use. Like it, yeah. it has, you take that away and I'm, I'm golden. <laughs> like it, has that been your experience or? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a deep question. Yeah, right. They, well, no, no but, but when it comes right, to Devo's, yeah. cause people, I've, I've seen people go up there and this idea of like, we heard it today. You know what? Like now that, now that I'm, I'm 20 days sober, like I'm, I'm good. Like I don't need yeah. to do anything else. Like I'm cured. Well, uh, I was at a meeting last night and, you know, somewhere I, uh, in, in my, my share, I said something about, or maybe this was from another one before, either way, uh, you know, I lied and I stole long before I ever touched a drug or a drink. So those, those behaviors were, were very present at an early age. And I remember my sponsor saying, um, you know, when I first got in the program, he would say that uh, drugs and alcohol are symptoms. And mm -hmm. I didn't get that at the time, and it, it took a while for me to, you know, to understand what he was, what he was saying that, you know, take away the drugs and the alcohol, and those behaviors are still there. So, yeah. that's a big part of what we do here is uh, try to identify those behaviors and, and patterns, and uh, I think as a staff, challenge them. Oh it's yeah, it's not as simple as putting it down. Yeah. I wish it was. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> well, if could only do it. it were that easy. <laughs> right. Like well, for real, you know, like. Yeah. Right. If it was just that easy, it's, I've, I've always, I like that too. Of like, like, so heroin was my drug of choice, like booze, meth, anything like it didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was like that. That was my solution. 
Like that was my solution. Yeah. When I woke up, I had a problem. <laughs> like, when I was out, yeah, I had a problem. And 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 even when I got, I remember there was a period I had like nine months. All right, let's be honest. It was like seven months. <laughs> um, I had like seven months clean, and I went out and realized. But I think back to that time, and it's just like I was the same. Like everything was still the same. I was the same guy that was just like, I don't know why my life is still uncomfortable. Like, I don't know why I'm still terrified of everything around me. Um, and then being a guy, I'm supposed to be like, yeah, you know, like I'm totally okay. Like I've worked the 10th step. I'm good. <laughs> like, look at my hot girlfriend. <laughs> so what do you think is different this time? The first off, I think I can speak pretty confidently as everyone in recovery is least favorite question. Uh-huh. <laughs> every time I've gone into True. rehab, uh-huh. <laughs> every single time. I I've... only ask that because I myself am really curious because like every time I've attempted sobriety, I, the same thing happens. Like I was always still very angry and insecure mm-hmm. and like not able to function with life or anything like that. And I, I ask that because I don't know. I really yeah. don't know what happened this time that makes it different. You I know? mean, it's it's difficult. I think it's I think it's different for everybody, and right. in the sense of some people are able to <laughs> running over here. Some people I think are able to find it in different places where some people can go to twelve step groups and like don't need to go to rehab. And I wasn't one of those people. Like I needed to be locked in a building for some amount of time. Like I needed a lot of structure. Um, I needed a lot of support. Like I needed people to, to look in my face and be like, you're full of crap. Like, like when are, like, when are you going to step up and be this person that you think you are in your head? Cause like this story in your head is not the person that you show up as. And, but I remember when I was coming to treatment this last time, it was, I was high as a kite sitting on a greyhound, which I hate greyhounds. Um, (laughs) But I was sitting there high as a kite and I was so upset and I don't get angry, but I know what you're talking about. I was, mm. but it's because like, I could always shoot a move, but I looked for it and I was like, there's nothing left. I got, I got nothing else. Like I can't, I finally stopped believing my ego. That was just like, Daniel, you got this. Like you're, you're good. Like you'll figure out a way. And it just, but then again, and then I still needed six months of people being like, be better (laughs) yeah like and stop stop telling yourself this story that's not true yeah well i think it's interesting too so you asked the question out of pure curiosity and like really wanting to know the answer genuinely wasn't a gotcha question and i feel bad for asking it oh no no, i i I didn't take it well and this is it's because doug and i have had this conversation before we've talked about this question a lot Mm -hmm. and I, i again i am not an alum of the program at all um but in my own life of like healing from trauma and healing from eating disorder and everything, people do ask that like, cause there were times where I would be like, I would regain some weight for a while and then go right back to, cause that was my eating disorder was always my coping. Like that was my, my solution yep. to your point. It was mm. like, I can control this thing and that's what I did. And it worked every single time until it didn't. Mm, yeah. And it's so intangible because I've had people ask me that question too. Like, what made that time different? And I was like, well, the truth was it wasn't actually that time that made it different. It was a series of times that slowly were different until I just didn't backslide as much anymore. Right. (laughs) And then slowly get out. And I think that's probably why it's such a 
like that's the least yeah. favorite question because it's mm. so intangible like it's something you can't put your finger on always it, you, you finally found traction yeah like well it's sorry, sorry, like sorry. cat litter on the ice <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it, I think it's to the point too of it's also one of those questions that, as a person, as a person in recovery that has gone to many rehabs, that that my that my parents have dealt with many it's a times. The question. It's always the question I get. You have no, you have no idea how many times I've sat in a hospital bed, a detox bed, had some phone call, whether it be from jail or rehab or a mental hospital. What's different? And yeah, I'm like, I I don't know, like. Mike, did you think this time was different? I well, no, no. That's it's it's interesting because <laughs> yeah. even though this was my 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 only uh, rehab, is that it doesn't mean I didn't try to quit before, right? Uh -huh. Right. And, this and was the formal program, but right. there were times. There were times, right? And I had uh, by the time I got here, um, you know, I had cheated and lied and manipulated most people um, that were still around in my life, and so I think I. I don't remember any of them ever really asking me, you know, what's going to be different this time mm -hmm. until I got here, right? <laughs> and, you know, and, and of course, yeah. and I used to, and I used to just think that that was... <laughs> right, until I could go figure, right, until I got here. Um, and I used funny. to, I, I, I still, I actually value that question, but it wasn't until recently because it used to irritate me. It, like yeah. kind of yeah. the rest of us too. Like what's going to be, and I used to hate asking that, but I knew it was necessary. You know, what's going to be different. And when we're sitting here and, and just, you know, talking, I, I thought to myself, I think, I think my best guess is that for me, one of the big things that's different for me um, is being able to identify those behaviors that I was unaware of. Yeah. So um, like a big one that, you know, uh, that that's that sticks out to me was that I'm a follower that I want to be I, I I'm gonna follow the crowd and so I wanted to hang out with the bad guys or you know the guys who mm -hmm. are getting in trouble so I of course followed that you know took my cues from that crowd well I want to be sober you know and I want to I want to be clean and I want to have a good life so now I'm following those people right yeah um and we talk about buying in, or, and I don't know if if uh, if I like that term, but that's what it is essentially, right? Is I bought into this lifestyle. Um, yeah, I, I do like this lifestyle. <laughs> well, I, I think that's 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 an important part of it. Is a it is much more than just I'm just going to stop doing this one behavior. Yeah, like there is so much that went into my life of like I loved for as terrible as it was, there was a certain mystique to like waking up not having money being dope sick going through these trials and tribulations and then just like ending up with with twenty dollars at noon and the dude picks up and like and everything lines up and you're just like oh like yes that's that was me winning the gold medal in the olympics it was like get I, any better <laughs> there's but, a lot of reward in not yeah. not to bring the brain science back but there's a lot of reward center um triggers in that where in 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 like and i think we talked about this uh on the last episode too like the way that people talk about recovery and sobriety can often just feel boring you lose all of that reward and and that's one thing as a coach i really try to 
Why are you laughing? I just, I continue. <laughs> but no, I do, I do agree, right? Like yeah. this, this stuff can get old. Right. I mean, it, it is a lot of reward and our brains love rewards. And that's why they like that because it's, it's a reward that I know I can get, that I know I can get easily. I know how to live this. I know I can survive it as much as you can know that. <laughs> but at some point, you have to be able to create reward in a different way. And that's, I know that's something that you and I talked about. It is. Yes. You <laughs> had me identify them. Oh, I did. Yes. What a difficult thing. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's one of those things if you've never really had to think about what brings you joy, because that was so much easier. That's, it's not joy, but it's certainly a reward that feels good. It's winning a medal every day. By the way, great first date question. What brings you joy? What, what, where do you find joy in your life? Oh. Isn't it a good question, Are though? we dating tips now? I mean, I'm just saying it's a good question. <laughs> well, I think, no. I think the, hold on, though. I think the opening, like, dating question is, who are you? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not going to. But to, to on that point, though, I, I think it is interesting of, like, the monotony of recovery no one really talks about. Yeah. Um, when in reality, like, it took me a long time to... I was not able to sit on my bed for more than two hours at a time three years ago. I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Like, I, I did not understand what it was like to be, like, because people are like, oh, you're addicted to chaos. But what does that mean? Right. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not addicted to chaos. I would love to sit at my home by myself. Or it's like, yeah, but when your body is not having to respond to things constantly, I'm not as much in the brain science as you are. But it's difficult. Like, it takes time to slow that down. And I can enjoy that now, but that was something that took time to get to. Yeah. It seems like that was the reward. After you got all your stuff, you know what I mean? And I could just kind of be. But I was, you know, the same drug, right? And I was addicted to that. When, and that's a good point. Chaos. But it was more of what I would call the rat race. Like, man, yeah. I, I need to get this. Like, all yeah. these pieces had to line up. Like, what a mess right and it's like you know i gotta have all this stuff lined up and for everything to go right like the the chances are small and when it finally does and i can you know get get high and it's like mm-hmm. yeah worth know, it i can relax now for a couple hours but it's creating something <laughs> tangible that you can see that's what your brain likes about it just i mean we're pretty simple <laughs> yeah it's true i mean true. But no, it is a very, uh, I don't know, that, that, that was a difficult part to it. And not a, not, not a lot of people talk about it. We're like, I just want to get clean and sober. Like, there's a, it can be boring. I mean, I, I find ways to like, but that took time to do. I have to find yeah. things to do. Well, I have a life today that's worth staying sober for, but I did not have that the day after I got sober. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I yeah. agree. So those early stages is just uh. <laughs> well and it's which perfectly describes which that, that that grunt right there that's the <laughs> that accurate look at it and i think that's where like programs come into play where rehabs well, come into play that, absolutely that but there has to be something within that program that you are building it's it's not like you're just hey here's your pamphlet mm-hmm. yep. and you yep. take it and leave like are you building a community that you're able to be successful with moving forward? Yeah. Because it's not something that we just pick up, say, great, now I know this, put it down and walk away. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like that's... Other programs I've been to, it's just you go there, here you go, 30 days, you're back out. Mm-hmm. And that never worked for me because I never made that. I <clears throat> They never facilitated the phase change that you need to go through to retrain your brain and find the things that you like about yourself or find the things about life that makes it worth living. Uh, it's just, oh, here's some coping skills. Uh, here's some meetings and stuff. Um, you can... You know, you, you can shortchange your aftercare plan plan all you want. We don't really care. Uh, you can go back into the exact same living situation that you used to. And not to be a shameless plug on the organizations <laughs> that's sponsoring this, uh, this, <laughs> this uh, podcast, but <clears throat> I think coming to Guiding Light for me, the most important part, honestly, was the fact that it was like, one, it, I'm here for four months and I got nothing else to do but figure out, like, who I am. Yeah. yeah. And then... You know, after that, I'm able to slowly integrate myself back into like living, living life as a functioning adult, which I've never been capable of doing. So I, you know, dip into finding a job, starting to make money again, dip into finding an apartment where there's still people who hold me accountable. And, you know, that time adds up. And then all of a sudden you, you look back and it's like, oh, wow, I don't hate myself when I look in the mirror. And that's what keeps you sober. That's what keeps me sober. That's only my experience, but. It's interesting how many times I've heard people say that statement too, of the like, wow, like, you know, I can look in the mirror and not hate myself today. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's to your point earlier about it's so much more than just putting down whatever Mm -hmm. substance it, it really does come down. And you, Mike, you mentioned a symptom and that's. I think that's where we are heading in the direction of treatment and that's the way clinicians are kind of heading to really view it that way to see that oftentimes it's it's not really the addiction itself that is causing everything it's that is one facet of where this person has fallen in a lot of ways and you know what they've been given I mean I think to your point Mike about your family if you don't have any other skills that are available to you as a model, what else mm. do you have? Mm. You know, like you do the yeah. best with what you have. And if that's what you have, then that's it, you know? And I mean, I'm very glad that you found this now. Well, thanks. Um, it's also apparent. Don't name your son, Mike, <laughs> if you want him to <laughs> stay out of it. I AA. guess. <laughs> don't you ever hear all the mics? Like when they, all the mic jokes oh. they make. No, no, I, I haven't. guess not. I, no, I guess I'm news. out of the loop on what is that, funny about that. That does track. We're gonna have to cut that out. All right. Okay. For um, for that point though, it, it is. I think it's important that, as, especially when it comes to symptoms and all this stuff, of finding an, another way to live your life is because what people don't acknowledge either is drugs and alcohol work. Like they work as a symptom. They work as a solution to fix these things. Like so. Like they're I they're awesome. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted, my life was, you're like, "Eh, that's a little, but (laughs) in in all reality, like they, I, I did them for so long and my life got so terrible for so long because they were worth it until at the same thing, your, your coping skill works until it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, to that same point, like my eating disorder worked for a really long time, living in that kind of anxiety and, and having control over this one thing, it worked really well until it couldn't work anymore. And I had to find something else. And I was lucky and fortunate enough to have access to therapists and and people that could support access. me. I know it's I had access to access. it. So then I could actually get help and support yeah. and move forward. And I think that's, you know, to kind of put a little bow on this whole thing. That's 
what we do here. You know, I do include myself in that. Absolutely, you are a big part of it. Like, big time. We provide access to coaching and life coaching, not just like you know, whatever. Not there is therapy involved, there is coaching involved, there is aftercare involved. Like that is one thing that, as an organization, we're very passionate about because Mm -hmm. we know how important that support is for really having that phase change and, and creating the kind of life that is worth being sober for. You don't for. have to take out a second mortgage to come here. Also that's well, so huge. true. That, and it's, it's, I think it's exciting of what we do here for the sake of, I'm more excited to see what you can be excited about your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I'm not going to get any, I can't change anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I have no power of that. But if I can support somebody so that they are like, yeah, I kind of want to live my life a little differently. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a great place to end this episode. Very nice. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thanks nice, for listening, Daniel. guys. Thanks for coming along on this journey with us. If you'd like to learn more about what Guiding Light does, um, you can always go to our website. At www.guidinglightworks.org. And you can find out how to get involved with us or see what we're up to or um, or donate. Um, and, uh Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can read so. some more stories. We're on Facebook. Too, we're on a bunch of other things. You can, while well, you're listening to this. So, all the links are in the bio. I'm sure. The bio. Yeah, like the. Or they will be the show notes. <laughs> Sorry, the, the show, show, notes. show notes. I'm used to yep, Instagram, yep, yep. so I automatically go bio. No, no, no. Yeah. The show, show notes have the links. Yes. That's a good thing to do moving forward is, yes, everything you can find relevant about this place is in the show notes. So check it out. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.